Coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. Number one, eat real food. Plain and simple. Right. You know, if, if, if you go to food that is real with as little chemicals, additives, dyes, and preservatives as possible. Right. So that's number one. Number two, eliminate the inflammatory foods. Three, get your blood sugar in check so that you are not riding the up and down blood sugar roller coaster that gets people to eat too much food or too much of the wrong food at the wrong times, like the two o'clock drive to the grocery store for the, you know, two liters of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was five, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed former Mr. Universe competitor and co-founder of BioOptimizers, Wade Lightheart. He's been in the health industry for over 25 years and has coached thousands of clients on optimizing their health and fixing any digestive issues. We discussed Wade's journey through bodybuilding as a vegetarian, how to fix digestion, the gut-brain connection, the importance of fiber, as well as his awesome health course to optimal health. I really enjoyed meeting Wade and interviewing him. There's a lot of great tips to take on as you get into your 50s and beyond. I think you'll enjoy this. I sure did. And thanks so much for listening. All right. Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin, and I have Wade Lightheart on. Uh, Welcome to the show, Wade. Great to be here, Brian. Yeah. So uh, all the way from California, I was just telling him before we got on, I'm traveling there in about a week and I'm really excited and um, I'm I'm excited to have you on. You've done a lot over your career and uh, you just mentioned you're pushing almost 50. Is that right? Yep. The uh, I'll be 50 in about 30 weeks or something like that. Yeah. All right. right. Well, um, before we dive in, we're going to talk a lot about gut health and, um, and bodybuilding and things like that, perhaps maybe give the uh, audience a little background of yourself and sort of how you got into starting uh, bio-optimizers as well. Sure. I was a, grew up in a rural place in Canada, played hockey, all that sort of stuff. And then when I was 15, my parents moved to uh, a private resort. They were the caretakers for it. And so it was five miles to my nearest neighbor on a dirt road. Mm. And I would take a, an hour and a half to school both ways. So I was little of the kid that went uphill both ways. <laughs> And um, set with isolation a lot, concordantly, my sister was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease at that time. And I watched her go through the medical model before she died at the age of 22. She was four years my senior. And so I was faced with number one, isolation, number two, uh, an ill sibling. And, um, you know, seemed like there was not a lot of control in my life. And I discovered bodybuilding at that time. My sister actually gave me a bodybuilding magazine. And uh, through that, I discovered Arnold Schwarzenegger and his book, uh, Education of a Bodybuilder. And he said something into it that was really powerful. He said, you can achieve anything you want in life um, if you have hard work, self-discipline, and a positive attitude. And I was like, wow, everybody I know around here works hard, but nobody has self-discipline or a positive attitude. So this and it seems like things are working out for him really well. He became my new mentor, and I built a gym in my barn and started training in the freezing cold. Uh, but rain or shine, snow or heat, I was out there in my garage with my little weight set and my sawhorses are like Rocky, uh, you know, when he fought Drago, kind of that kind of setup. And then I went to university, studied exercise physiology, which gave me a background in physiology, but I found it was compartmentalized thinking at the university levels that there was no synthesization between the concepts that I were learning. It was just, you know, gobbledygook in a lot of ways. It was really interesting, but there was no application to how you could become bigger, faster, stronger, and these sort of things. And so I entered into the, um, into the fitness industry early on. I worked in stores and gyms and eventually developed a personal training business um, and uh, won my first bodybuilding contest and eventually went to a national champion then eventually went to um, the Mr. Universe contest in 2003. And after the Mr. Universe contest, I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks after that contest. I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. Wow. And uh, I was like, well, how's this possible? I've got the best coach in the world. I've got Spartan discipline. I'm recognized as an aesthetic ideal. 
-hmm. And suddenly I'm completely destroyed. And the good, I had the good fortune of meeting a doctor, Dr. Michael O'Brien, who was everything that you would want to be in a senior citizen. He was this lively, vibrant, super youthful looking, very bright, radiant health person, maybe one of the most healthy, radiant persons I've ever met. And I went to him and he was introducing some ideas about gut health and rebuilding your body. And stuff. So I went to him and I said, hey, what's going wrong here? I'm like, obviously you're doing something different than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, wait, you've learned how to build a body from the outside in. I'm going to teach you how to build a body from the inside out. And so I mentored under him and he taught me about, you know, this is almost 20 years ago now. He taught me about enzymes and probiotics and gut health and why that's important and getting rid of parasites and, 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 and intestinal cleansing and all these sort of things that were very, very radical and, and novel at that time. And I applied it. And within six months, I got my physique that, but I had a new level of health and vitality that I didn't have prior to. Matt and I founded our company, um, which was the precursor to Bioptimizers. And uh, we were dealing with the bodybuilding and fitness market, just addressing the issues that I knew eventually would happen to people in that industry. And so uh, over the course of four years, we coached about 15,000 people worldwide. That's back when they had boards and things like that and developed a lot of friendships. And we got a lot of clinical data about what worked and what didn't work. And um, after that, I took all that data, um, applied it to a, a philosophy, which I called the awesome health philosophy, and then applied it also in a performance setting. I went back to the world championships in record time, uh, did better than I did the first time and didn't wipe myself out after. So I knew that I had solid principles and we started advocating this. And about five years ago, we rebranded as bioptimizers as we moved into biological optimization for humanity. And what that means is, is getting things to work in kind of the optimal qualities and quantities so that we can move someone from sick to what we call superhuman. And uh, that's uh, the course of, that's the title of one of our books. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's quite the story. I am. I'm curious after you did Mr. Universe and you put on all that weight, um, was there something that you could pinpoint that all that, why all that weight came back on? Well, there was a combination of things. First and foremost, um, prior to, I was operating from a performance-based diet. And so anybody that is on a, a restricted diet, whether it's alternate day fasting, intermittent fasting, uh, zero carbohydrates, zero fat, uh, like a, an extreme form of performance diets, and that may be for a health reason, it might be for an illness, it might be for an athletic event. Mm-hmm. Um, there are advantages and disadvantages to every diet. So we're dietary agnostic. Met the keto guy. I'm a plant-based guy. And inside of that, the, the success of that system was setting me up for, for tomorrow's failure. And so on a restrictive calorie diet diet for 11 months, which is usually much longer than you would ever do for a bodybuilding stuff, but it's just the way that that, that was it, uh, set up. I think it impacted my gut flora that I didn't have the available gut flora that was present. I was also had um, being in such a restrictive calorie diet for so long, my metabolism was in starvation mode. So, you know, my brain fog and joint aching and all of these other concordant problems. Mm -hmm. And so all of that kind of contributes. So it was a perfect storm of things. And from that, um, I was able to address those holes and I went fairly extreme the other way i went on a completely raw food diet mm-hmm. uh, to kind of recalibrate and rebalance myself and i did that for two years and then i moved to something more along the lines that we do today okay and um today you are you are you plant-based or yeah yeah i haven't eaten meat in 20 years but i'm not like a vigilante vegan it's like <laughs> it's this this works for me and i think that uh people need to work, move away from dietary tribalism. They need to look at their genetics, their epigenetics, their microbiome, and their, what they can stain in their lifestyle with their goals relative to uh, what's their performance parameters. And and then fill in the holes of whatever diet they are choosing, because there will be holes in every diet. Right, right. Yeah, I think if you're too one-sided, one way or the other, whatever that is, like you mentioned, almost too restrictive whether it's carnivore or maybe something else, 
even plant-based, I would say maybe that, that, you know, that's when you can maybe fall into some, um, perhaps fall into some bad health issues, perhaps. I mean, but there's people who thrive like you on plant-based. There's people who thrive on carnivore. So I guess, you know, like you said, you sort of got to look a little bit deeper than just one or the other and figure out what, you know, what works for you and your lifestyle. Well, people also have to look at the long-term. So for example, um, if let's say coming, I'll, I'll use my own experience and people can relate to their own dietary journeys. Bodybuilding was an extreme diet, especially in the 90s style. There's no fats. And we were using simple, uh, relatively easily digestible carbohydrates with protein servings so that you get an insulin bump to drive the aminos in. Right. Right. Okay. And then some people stack anabolics on that. I was natural, but a lot of people do that. So that, that's, that's a factor. So coming out of that to rebuild my, uh, to rebuild my gut flora, going to a raw food diet and adding a bunch of probiotics was, was very good. Cause I needed to, I needed to rebuild my whole gut flora cause I destroyed it from that diet. So, but it came to a point after a couple of years, there were some real limitations within that particular diet. And I had to, you know, add so I, for a while I had eggs and stuff into the diet and I, and, and, and things like that, because there were certain elements that I was missing and essential fatty acids were difficult to get at that time. Protein, um, perhaps. Protein was another issue. Um, and so that, that's why we developed masszymes originally, uh, our proteolytic enzyme, because I had to extract more amino acids out of the protein I was eating. I was competing at the world championships at 85 grams a day when my competitors were using 250, 300 grams. And so we got really good at extracting digestive efficiency. And, but then later on, you know, you add things like, so for example, I can remember a period a few years ago, I was burnout. I, I did a spectra cell test and these weren't available to us back then. So I discovered I was low in magnesium and I was low in B12 and I needed more zinc. Mm. And so I was able to address that specifically um, with supplementation. You know, when Matt, who's a keto guy, looks at his diet, he has to counter with other things. So what a lot of people don't realize is the short term advantages gained because you haven't lost from your previous, like whatever your diet was, there was advantages in the previous one that you're carrying over into this maybe new phase. And so it's very common that people will switch into a new diet in the first six months or the first nine months or the first year, they're like, oh, wow, that's the best thing ever. And they become like a dietary tribalistic zealot. Mm -hmm. But what they're not accounting is for the buildup of reserves they had in their old diet, which is not yet drained. They might be in the process of draining that off and entering into a deficiency that compromises their health a year or two years down the road, but they're not aware of it just yet. Right. And so one needs to be monitoring regularly with your team of professionals um, the markers that would indicate and expose any deficiencies and then you can quickly address them and, and experience excellent health and that's our goal to add, uh, to allocate to other people to or advocate gotcha and what type of um you know i th i feel like for digestive health and i was just speaking to you before we went on i i have a natural health practitioner that i go to and we mentioned I might have a little bit of a, um, you know, some type of yeast or fungi, um, uh, you know, gut, gut, let's just say dysbiosis, or perhaps um, something that needs to be worked on regarding digestion. What kind of symptoms can people look for? Because sometimes I feel like it, it's not black and white, and it's different. And it's tough to sort of tell whether it's digestion or something else. Sure. Uh, almost all uh, dis-ease starts in the gut, pretty much all of it. And usually spirals out of control there. Either you're not getting something, you're not converting something, or something is a toxin or uh, uh, an, an agent that's disrupting it. So the easiest things are to go, you know, bloating, gas, constipation, um, diarrhea, um, feeling like a stone is in my stomach, getting acid reflux or heartburn belching excessively or flatulence excessively. Those are, those are the first area of signposts. Mm -hmm. Then if you have chronic skin conditions, um, brain fog, um, uncontrollable food cravings, mm -hmm. uh, inability to sleep at night, these are kind of the secondary magnitude progressive conditions. Mm -hmm. 
And then when you get into third is when you start getting into actual disease states, um, you know, where you now are susceptible to a variety of ongoing infections. You may have some sort of debilitating condition. Um, the list goes on and on. So people don't get diabetes or heart disease or cancer one day. They don't wake up and get that. It is right. a genetic and predisposition place combined with the epigenetic lifestyle things that they are doing. So that those two have to meet and the rate that they meet and the intensity that they meet is going to determine when or if a disease develops inside the body. Gotcha. Yeah. So those are sort of the levels of, di uh, excuse me, of symptoms that someone could experience. Are there certain, maybe some tests that you would recommend the individual yep. to take when, what would be the, the big ones? Well, I think you want to look at, okay, what are the big killers uh, of society? So we know that um, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and medical air, those are the four horsemen that will take you out. And oftentimes medical air is because they're treating a variety of the preliminary conditions <laughs> and there's a contraindication or something goes wrong or uh, a combination of negative effects over time. So the tests that you would want to look at um, for the heart, you want to look at a pulse test, which has to do with folded proteins, but they can tell the damage and degradation of the heart. It's really, uh, and, and all these tests you can probably do for about 1500 bucks total. You do them once, maybe every five years. A pulse um, test? A homo, yeah, pulse test. Uh, homo IR test, which regulates both blood sugar and your insulin response. So insulin and blood sugar, because they're not always concordant. And so I think it's a great state of the art test. Um, you would want to look at a Dutch test to look at your hormones, right? And you would like to do a spectrocell test, okay. which will show you not only the vitamins and minerals that you are deficient in, but which ones you have trouble absorbing and digesting. Um, I would get a genetics test with someone who has a, an ability to determine epigenetics. So those are the five really, really high tolerance. And then maybe a, a body fat test regularly, like a DEXA scan or something like that. So you can see how your dietary exercise regimen is, you know, what's the trend? Are you improving lean body mass and, and bone density, or are you decreasing that? Because bone density and muscle mass are big indicators of longevity. Right. And the spectrocell test for, um, is that, is that a hair test? No, they uh, draw blood okay. and then they actually see how your body absorbs nutrients inside the cell. So it's better than a blood test for vitamins. Wow. And can that be done anywhere? Or is that sort of a, yeah, it is really, really simple to do. Usually oh. an ND or MD can uh, issue the test and they send it off to Texas and spin the blood and, and then boom, there you get your answers. And it's kind of a state of the art way to go. Okay. Um, and what would you say some of the things that individuals can do to help you know, fix their digestion. I mean, obviously I know you have a full line of, yep. uh, supplements and, um, and we, maybe we can speak on that and what other, uh, things they can do re regarding lifestyle and diet and things like that. Okay. So what I just shared with you right there, those are the tests that you want to get to get the overall picture of where you're at, what's the trends and what things that you want to avoid mm -hmm. now, based on the genetics and epigenetic stuff, you're going to be able to select the right diet. I always say, you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet and lifestyle, right. but you can't optimize your diet and lifestyle without supplements. It's just the world we live in today. And so you want to have the diet as a foundational piece for your genetics and epigenetics, which is offsetting any genetic predispositions and something that you can sustain. So for example, if you have heart disease in your family, you're probably going to want to pay attention to triglyceride levels inside your body. If you have a history of blood sugar issues or diabetes in the family, you're probably going to want a diet that's really closely monitoring blood sugar response. You can go get something like continuous glucose monitors and get January AI, and it'll predict in very short order, you will have a really good handle of managing your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so then you want to go, now we're getting into second tier, but I, so that's primary uh, overall health technology. So second tier stuff would be when you're using uh, like a gut map or a biome test to kind of get an overall arching aspect of your probiotics uh, inside the body. I think you would want to look at uh, hydrochloric acid levels inside your body because a lot of 
infections in the intestinal tract comes from, especially as we age low, low hydrochloric acid. Mm-hmm. And an easy test for that is really simple. You just take a half teaspoon of baking soda, dump it in four ounces of water and drink it on an empty stomach. And if you burp within five minutes, you got good HCL. And if you don't, you're probably going to need HCL. This is really simple. <laughs> That's a cheap test. It's a cheap test. And that'll tell you, and, and nine times out of 10, most people will do really well with uh, high levels of HCL, like adding HCL if they're over 35. And then you want to look at um, enzymes. And if you want to get into the research of enzymes, Dr. Edward Howell wrote an amazing book called Enzyme Nutrition and Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity. And for those who are interested in living long and living strong, his research across the board with a bunch of different animal species, everything, you know, rats, the cats, the horses, dogs, goats, you name it, is that animals that had a high, highly enzymatically rich diet lived longer and healthier than those that didn't. And deficiencies were passed on generationally. And he predicted in the 40s and 50s that we would experience three things that his species would happen by third generation. Number one, strange sociological behavior. They didn't act the way they normally was normal to the species. Number two, the uh, exponential increase in genetic-based diseases, mutations, that is, that were debilitating to that species. And three, the inability to procreate. And he predicted this would happen with humans back, like I said, in the 40s. Guess what? Here we are. uh, And we've seen an explosion in genetic diseases. We had unusual social behavior. And we see a massive reduction in the ability to procreate in human species since we've advented technological innovations around food production, distribution, and preparation. And so largely in part, that's because it puts a drain on our enzymes. Enzymes control everything from thinking to blinking. Every species on the planet eats its food in a live space. Humans don't. We cook the enzymes out. That means we have to manufacture our own. We get that from smooth muscle, striated muscle, and we have to convert into that. And that has a huge metabolic cost. And that metabolic cost drains our health reserves. And that's why I believe that so many people benefit from intermittent fasting and fasting because it allows our body's enzymatic production level to be directed into healing damaged organs, damaged tissues, damaged parts of the body. And so that would be the next step. Uh, the third, the third thing that you would want to look at is choosing a diet that's in combination with your genetic and epigenetic effects and then offsetting the limitations within it. And what I mean by that, so let's say I'm on a plant-based diet. Okay, well, that's great. However, there are things like essential fatty acids I need to be very mindful for. So I have uh, an algae-based uh, you know, EFA blend that is provides me all of the, the omega-3s that I require from the body, which are hard to get from a plant-based diet. I also supplement my diet with a... Um, uh, protein that I developed, which is made of hemp, pea, and pumpkin. And so I have that every day to make sure that I get enough amino acids. Fiber, not an issue for me. If you're on a ketogenic diet, you might want to pay attention to, you know, adventing a little bit extra fiber or either on your upregulation or whatever. So with every diet, it's you, you make those um, additions and restrictions based on where you're at. And if you, if you have compromised digestive health, um, you know, do a gut test, look at the micro, the bacteria that you have inside your system, what you might be deficient in, what you might have a, a, a overgrowth in and address those specifically. So the probiotics, you need to understand, do you need gram positive ones that take a gram positive or gram negative? Do you need um, a bacteria culture that, you know, is very robust, but transient or do you an implant strain? So we're entering into a new phase of probiotic health to make sure that our gut biomes are operating concordant with the diet that we have. And then we need enough time to integrate the new dietary change. So if I switch over to a diet, probably going to take about three weeks for my microbiome to completely adjust to the new diet. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, and I, and I don't know what your opinion is regarding gut health. As far as like research, do you find that there's more and more, um, research coming out regarding optimizing gut health. And we're just sort of touching the, you know, just touching the, the, ba- the, the basics, right? I mean, it's, it's probably got a lot more uh, research going to be coming out. 
Well, yeah, we, we in fact, and there's two aspects to research too. Um, what comes through the States and then what you can do internationally. And I think that internationally, particularly in Europe, they're way ahead of the game here. I think there's a longer tradition of the use of probiotics. Uh, so for example, we partnered with a university called Birch University in Croatia, where we have a PhD in microbiome, where we run our own tests in real time so we can get very, very quick results. Mm. And so we'll put in, um, let's say, uh, a damaging gram positive bacteria and we'll say, okay, well, let's try these probiotics against it. Or we'll have leaky gut and can we put these elements and repair the leaky gut or it's a gram negative? Well, will these probiotics work? So we've got real world data um, by real world scientists that are able to determine the efficacy of the various products that we cultivate, develop and advocate. Um, our head researcher, um, she suggests that we are somewhere between 10 and 20 years away from the post antibiotic age. In other words, antibiotics have done a great job for the last 60, 70 years or so, wiping out the bad guys that were causing infections and killing people. And, you know, millions of us are alive because of that. However, many of the species that have been exposed to it now are resistant to antibiotics, and we need to develop new super probiotics to be able to take these guys out. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, I think, where we will be within the next 20 years that there'll be new mutated strains. We have one patented strain that does uh, very unique things and we're cultivating new strains to deal with the challenges of a post antibiotic age. Yeah. And what, what, what would, how would you speak on like the gut brain connection and how this, you know, how an individual and, and sort of the connection between the two and how it can affect you on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. Great question. It's, it, these are awesome questions. <laughs> So, um, for example, take a, a neurochemical like serotonin, which is, you know, big on feeling happy, upbeat, uh, you know, great. 95% uh, of that is made in your gut. So if you are not converting the protein that you're eating into the amino acids that can be then generated into the neurochemicals that make serotonin, good luck trying to feel happy. It's not going to happen. And so primarily um, the medical industry has addressed by addressing uh, a drug to counter the effects of uh, a neurotransmitter being deficient. And what we have to consider is that many of these neurotransmitters are made by bacteria. So maybe it's, we don't have the bacteria in our gut. And if we address that and we feed those bacteria, they are able to feed our brains. And it turns out this is accurate. And so we've uh, gone off and discovered various bacteria that are responsible for making these neurotransmitters. And when we add it into people's diets, along with the food that will feed those and let them grow and develop and cultivate, people notice improvements. And then the next phase of that is uh, when it comes to neurochemical formation, I always look at it three things. You have your neurochemical dominance. So dopamine, acetylcholine, serotonin, GABA, whatever. And then you have depletion. So for example, let's say I'm dopamine dominant and I'm on my phone all day long. I could be depleting my dopamine reserves because I'm getting these dopamine hits, dopamine hits, dopamine hits, and I can affect my mood because now I, I don't have drive to do the things that I want. So that's a depletion related to dominance. And then the third piece is a deficiency. And a deficiency is either I'm not able getting the building blocks to, to make the neurotransmitters or... I'm getting, um, I don't have the bacteria to manufacture it. Or the third thing is I have an, a, a dysbiosis in the body that I've got too many bad guys that are producing neurotoxins in my body that is overwhelming my capability to generate the, the, the neurochemicals I need for concentration or focus or feeling great. And I think a wide number of the population are suffering from that right now. And so many people find that when they get their diet right, they get their probiotics worked out right. All of a sudden, they, these, these uh, symptoms that they had just go away. And it was just a manufacturing issue somewhere along the production line. And the standard American diet obviously can take a toll on your digestion and, um, and that sort of connection, that gut-brain connection. I mean, um, what type of changes should people take if they were going to take some first steps to changing the way they were going to eat in order to help, you know, optimize their gut? 
Great question. Number one, eat real food. Plain and simple. Right. You know, if, if, if you go to food that is real with as little chemicals, additives, dyes, and preservatives as possible. Right. So that's number one. Number two, eliminate the inflammatory foods. Three, get your blood sugar in check so that you are not riding the up and down blood sugar roller coaster that gets people to eat too much food or too much of the wrong food at the wrong times, like the two o'clock drive to the grocery store for the, you know, two liters of Haagen-Dazs ice cream, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of ice cream every now and then. Hey, who doesn't like that? Right. Uh, going there at two o'clock in the morning when you're trying to, you know, maintain uh, health and happiness, not a good idea. Right. Um, waking up tired every morning and you need a giant Starbucks every morning with, you know, 800 calories, probably not a great way to have a healthy lifestyle, but there's, um, you know, millions and millions of people are doing that and they're addicted to it. So you got to get rid of the things that are taking you out. Yeah. And, um, once they do that, let's say they take some steps there. I know you guys have a, quite a bit, a big line of supplementation. Are there, are there certain ones that you, that you, your go-tos to start people out as far as, um, you know, the enzymes and getting their gut repaired? Yes. The three, I would say the three amigos that have done the most, um, in our company's history have been, uh, masszymes, which is 17 different enzymes that'll digest just about anything, hydrochloric acid and P3OM. P3OM is a, a patented probiotic, which beats down bad guys. Um, it, it was developed and you can look at the U S patent on it. I can't even make the statements in a public place. They would shut this down. It's that powerful. They don't like that. Right. Um, but you can go on our website and you can check out the U S patent and what that particular bacteria does. Those three things will usually over the course. And we suggest to do a, at least 30 days, ideally 90 days of those three products transforms your digestion. In fact, we have a money back guarantee that on all our products. If, they, if, it, if you don't feel a lot better, we just give you your money back. Almost no one takes us up on that because it works. So those are the, those are the first steps. And then if you're looking what at was the, the second, well, I'm sorry, what was the second one you said? You hydrochloric said, acid. Okay. So enzymes before the meal, hydrochloric acid after, and then P3OM before bed, that will alleviate probably 70, 80% of the digestive stress that most people are under. That'll be corrected within 30 days. Now, if you get into different things, like maybe you have parasites, uh, you have fungal infections, well, then you're going to have to go to an, you know, probably a functional medicine doctor to kind of get into, to get into the details of what fungal condition you have. Mm-hmm. You might be in a moldy house. You, you know, you might have to move if it's that severe. And I know a lot of them, that's scary for people. Um, or if you have a parasite that is resistant, you need to have the right anti-parasites to get that parasite out. And that can sometimes take a bit of time and you need the guidance of a professional on those things. Right. Oftentimes though, that just transforms people's health. So, um, with those, the first three products you guys started with, and I know you have a magnesium product as well. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and to find if you're deficient in, ma- in magnesium, is that a hair test or is that, or is that a long, no, you can do that. You'll, you'll see that on the spectra cell test. Spectra Almost cell everybody cell. is deficient in magnesium. And I'll tell you why North American diets in particular, we don't have enough magnesium in our diet and we have a lot of calcium. They exist in a two to one ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what happens when you have too much calcium, you'll start dumping calcium and magnesium, trying to balance it out. So it just becomes a disaster. Um, and often you see notice an inability to be calm or have sleep issues. Muscle cramping is when you get into a more extreme form. So we created a magnesium product that has seven different types of magnesium because different types of magnesium are uptaken by different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. And most people notice that right away, a couple caps before you go to bed. It's like, oh man, I get so much better sleep. And then overall, there's a commensurate things that are involved. Um, when you get into other specific enzymes, we have enzymes for gluten intolerance, like gluten guardian, uh, enzymes for people on a ketogenic diet, capex, cause lipids and proteins are very high in those. Mm-hmm. We don't need the carbohydrate digesting ones. And then we have, uh, different probiotics. We have a cognibiotics for neurochemical production. And we have, um, another probiotic combo with IGY max, which repairs leaky gut. And we've 
been able to demonstrate that in our university lab setting. Oh, very so, cool. Uh, yeah, so we're kind of going into the next tier of that next wave that's coming in the probiotic world. Now, uh, a big part of my audience is looking to build muscle. Yeah, uh, have a better, you know, get you have a better metabolism. You know, we're all getting up there. I'm, I'm 41, and you're turning you're turning 50 soon. What's the best way, you know, obviously we know, obviously we want to lift heavy things, you know, resistance training, things like that, but how can that also be, how can we help with digestion and, and optimize, um, you know, muscle growth and metabolism as well? Great question. And so, you know, as a former Mr. Universe competitor and guy that did it on a plant-based diet without drugs, I can speak to this. I think where a lot of people make mistakes as they get older is they try to train like they were 20. Mm -hmm. And I think going to failure is probably a mistake. I think uh, it's better to do moderate volume and a mix between lower rep ranges and higher rep ranges. Um, depending on your lifestyle, you're going to train somewhere between four and six days a week is going to be best. Um, and weight training exercises probably don't need anything over an hour. I think over that, you're probably going to wear yourself down. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I love that 45 minute to an hour and 15 minutes, you know, get in there, get it done, get out. And, um, you know, working within your range of success. So not going to the hardcore, you know, training to failure, forced reps, night reps, all that stuff is unnecessary as you get older. I think monitoring your hormone health, because that is one of the big things and reducing body fat, particularly for men. Um, as, as your body fat goes down, your testosterone estrogen balance almost across the board improves with just about everybody, especially when you get down into um, single digit body fat. So if you can get down below 10% body fat, your hormonal health tends to improve dramatically for men. And if you're above, say, 20%, your testosterone estrogen level levels are usually pretty bad. That's, that's the common element. So what, that, what does that mean? Well, it means for, let's say the average guy listening to this is 25% body fat or something like that. You need to set a goal to get to 15%. And in order to do that, you're going to have to follow a restrictive dietary process for a while and eat the same things regularly, work out regularly, and stay on that for four to six months with someone monitoring you so that you can get your feedback. If you do those things, I think it's the best biohacking component that you can do. And I'm doing it right now. Um, I'm, literally, I'm literally six pounds away from my contest condition from when I was in my 20s, and I'm in my 50s. And so what's where's possible, your body, where's your body fat percentage at? Yeah. So if you go on a DEXA scan, I'm at about 10% on That's a DEXA great. scan That's and great. on a skin fold, it'll probably be around seven, seven or eight. So, mm. you know, good six pack veins in the abs, all that sort of stuff. And not saying that people have to go to that extreme, right, right. but, but I think if you can get below 15% on a DEXA scan, which I don't think is the. It's called the gold standard, but anytime you use bioimpedance uh, and formulas, I'm not so confident with it. But what you can monitor is, is your body fat going down week by week? And I think that's a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there's nothing really you can do better for your health than getting your body fat into a reasonable range. Yeah. And, and so eat, eat whole foods, <laughs> right? Eat yep. whole foods, do resistance training. What else would you say? Well, I'll give one, I think the biggest secret to losing weight, nobody talks about this fiber, hmm. a high fiber start. Now you're going to, if you haven't eaten a lot of fiber in your diet, that's, you're going to have to build up to it. Cause when you first take fiber, it's going to feel, Oh my God, I'm so bloated full. And you're talking fiber from, you're talking fiber from real foods, right? For fiber from real foods, like yeah. fibrous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, salads, um, these type of, uh, cruciferous vegetables. Now, when you first start that, I do believe for most people eating that steamed, not raw is probably better. It's going to be a little easier on the digestion system. But if you do that for two or three weeks, it's amazing how it just 
crushes food cravings because food cravings is what takes people out, you know, and I've done diets without any fiber. I've diet with moderate fiber and I've done it with high fiber and virtually everybody that I've put on a high fibrous diet where they're eating crucifix vegetables three, four times a day, blood sugar stays stable. It's easy to stay uh, calorie restriction. You don't get the blood sugar spikes. You feed the good bacteria inside your system and you stabilize it. I think it's the easiest way to lose weight and almost nobody does it. Nobody talks about it. It's not sexy. <laughs> what are your thoughts around protein? Like, um, obviously you're a vegetarian and I was actually a pescatarian for a long time. And now I've gotten more into a more of a meat-based diet. Um, I'm not like strict, strict, strict carnivore, but you know, that's the basis around mine. And it definitely helped, uh, cause I I'm, I'm big into resistance training. What are your thoughts around protein? I know you take one, I think, is it from your company? Um, it, you know, if someone's on a high fiber diet, where should they get their protein from? If, especially if they're a vegetarian. Yeah. So for me, uh, I get all my protein from beans, lentils, and my protein powder, which is seeds made from pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds. You know, um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the rice brands unless they're fermented rice brands. Some of those are good, but a lot of them, people have digestive problems over time. Pea is another great one. I put in, I, I have that every day. And um, hemp, you like hemp protein? Yeah, I do hemp pea and pumpkin to combine. I think, right. the, I think that's great. Um, and in combination with that, a high fiber diet, because the fiber, what people don't realize, it's not a net gain. So if you eat 100 grams of protein, people assume they're delivering 100 grams of amino acids into their muscle cells. They're not. They might be getting 20, 30, 40%. And so I'm doing probably, it would probably turn out to be maybe 85 to 100 grams of protein a day. And, you know, I got more than enough to build muscle mass, but I've got perfect digestive health. I'm taking my enzymes. I take my hydrochloric acid. I got probiotics every day. I'm extracting maximum amino acids out of that. Where a lot of people do well, and I'm going to speak to the carniv carnivore type diets. So if you have an inflammatory condition, a dysbiosis in your bacteria cultures, fungal infected, uh, parasites, parasites is another thing. Cause I think meat eating diets, you have a more likelihood to get parasites than if an, a non meat eating diet. But mm -hmm. when you go on to a restrictive diet, let's say you're on a high sugar diet and you're, you know, you're always all over the place with blood sugar and everything. You go to something like a ketogenic diet or you go to a carnivore diet, super beneficial for a period of time. Oftentimes that'll clear up a lot of cases. A great, a great case of that was uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who had a genetic based condition and um, was not able to regulate it, went on a carnivore diet, both him and his daughter, and they did exceptional. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't really like the diet, but it really works well for him. And was very stabilizing for him. And so I think it's important to do that. But again, use the spectra cell test. See what you're missing over time. Monitor your hormones over time. Because what can make a difference in the first six months or a year may set you up for a future failure down the road. I saw, I saw this in the plant-based raw food world. I'm seeing it show up in the carnivore-based world. Again, those extremes they're great for a while, but you want to bring back to more to the middle and, and fix the holes in your diet. Gotcha. And if someone is on a carnivore keto diet, cause I think quite a bit of my audience might be, <laughs> uh, what would you say would be good to balance it out? Well, once again, is your, your, your fiber component. So we, as uh, an animal species have a longer intestinal tract than the carnivorous animals. And so transit time is uh, a big issue for us. In other words, we have proteins uh, in the body longer than uh, say a wolf or a tiger or something like that. We have different canines, different bowels, that sort of stuff. And so what you wanna be mindful of is that you have sufficient amounts of fiber that is feeding the good bacteria that you can extract everything you need out of your food. And then you wanna be addressing um, anything that 
might be missing in that diet. Although diets that are high in organ meats, particularly, um, generally have good nutritional profiles because organs can contain a lot. So you're usually better off that way. Right. But right. Um, you can develop uh, parasitical tests, I think is really important to, to get, especially if you're eating a lot of raw foods, like a lot of people get raw salmon and fish or sushi or things like that, your likelihood of getting parasites are much higher. So just be mindful of that. Gotcha. And hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid is, I think, really important on a carnivorous diet. Yeah. Because just just to help break down foods and things like that. Well, noted. Well, it's a disinfectant as well. So hydrochloric acid um, serves as a your your number one attack vector for parasites, bugs, viruses, bacteria that come in. And when you have lower levels, as people age, they tend to that's where these things can slip through, get into the intestinal tract, and start re- wreaking havoc on the body. Gotcha. And I know you mentioned um, a few more questions here and we'll, we'll close it up, but you mentioned your awesome, was it your awesome health protocol? Yeah. So maybe so, touch on, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So having been exposed to virtually every dietary strategy over the last 35 years of my health career, Mm-hmm. I was, I was looking at it and I recognized, you know, diets, which put so much of the focus obviously are not the whole thing because people continue to get fatter, even though there are more and more diet books. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for a set of universal principles that I could apply, um, based on cellular health. Cause I said, well, the single most common element that works basically the same in every part of the body is the cell. So what's most important to make the cell function healthily we should be able to make the body function healthily. And so I was like, well, is food the primary need? And I was like, well, no, because you can go a long time without food. You can't go a long time without water. So, okay. So water is more important than food. Okay. Was there anything else more important than water? Well, if I hold my breath for five minutes or so, I'm going to run into problems. Hmm. Why? Because air is more important than water. So the first three principles of the awesome formula was a deep breathing practice, a way to get yourself into parasympathetic because we're so sympathetic, organized in a high stress technological advanced world. Number two, making sure that I'm getting adequate hydration. Virtually everybody I tested in my clinics, we'd use a electoral interstitial water scan. We're in states of chronic dehydration. They didn't drink enough water at all. Uh, or it, and, and Not enough salt were... too, probably. Huh? Exactly, exactly. And then I said, well, is food the next thing? And I'm like, no, I know so many people on so many different diets that actually do really well. But what is the one common element about fit, healthy people? They exercise. So <laughs> exercise is more important diet. So we start with the first principles, air, water, exercise. And then we look at food um, through a picture of sunlight. I think sunlight is a great equalizer. If we get more, we as the species, if you put people in the sun, gently exposing them to more and more sunlight, almost every single health parameter improves. And we used to live our lives primarily outside and that's only changed in the last hundred years. So sunlight's a big thing. And then I look at food as how do I convert into electrons, which is light, uh, which is electron covalent transfer. How do I easily convert the food I'm in into the energy units or building blocks? And that's where we get into digestive health and stuff like that. Now from that, I got um, what I call optimizers. That's the O and the awesome formula, mm-hmm. which are enzymes and probiotics. The only thing that do work in the body, uh, essential amino acids, essential vitamins and minerals, essential fatty acids and herbs. Those will cover all the essential elements that you need to get. And if you have a, a deficiency in any one of those, you can address that through supplementation, mental beliefs and attitude, a great attitude, uh, will get you a long ways A poor attitude. Doesn't matter how good your diet is. And then finally, education, education, testing, and coaching. You know, it can be so confusing out there. If you have an expert that can give you that insight that has done thousands of experience, coach lots of people, you can cut the learning curve of trying to figure this out for yourself and get direct feedback. Anytime that you're listening to any expert online, in a book, whatever, we're speaking in general principles, but the devil is in the details some of these little tweaks that a coach can help you with, with your biofeedback can determine uh, and, and move you forward way faster than if you're trying to figure it out on your own. So that's the awesome formula. We give away a course 
I have my website on it. It's a, it's a 12 week course, five to 15 minute videos. You can get it on your phone, oh, cool. watch them when you're in line with the, you know, taking your kids to gymnastics or soccer or whatever. And, and it's great. So you can mention match or you can go through it independently. And I do it because I think it, we don't, you, you can't just say, I'm going to take this product or do this diet. You need an overarching philosophy to move through. And it's flexible and robust enough that it includes whatever dietary practice you like. There you go. <laughs> so the, it's called the awesome health formula. Yep, yep, okay. yep. And it's free on my, my optimizer website. So you can just download it, get it. We have an app that also uh, disseminates it and it's really easy to use and you can just pick and, 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 and I didn't invent all this stuff. I want to be clear about that. Right. I cite who I learned it from, what's the references from, and you can do your own uh, due diligence on any topic that's deeper the ones particular that pertain to you know, that individual. Great. Wow. That's great. And um, is that the best place to, to learn about you? Biooptimizers.com? Yeah, we got an Instagram. I'm doing my 50 weeks to 50 right now as I'm getting into kind of Mr. Universe uh, competitive condition uh, mm. for my 50th birthday to see how close I can get. I'm getting very close. Uh, and then we have the, you know, Facebook and uh, all that sort of stuff that my team Instagram. runs for me because I have yeah. social media. <laughs> uh, but they, they convert my videos into something out on those platforms. That's great. Wow. Well, a lot of actionable tips, Wade. So I really appreciate you coming down and dropping some knowledge on us. And um, yeah, I think this, you know, there's a lot of different steps here to take, but you know, one day at a time and one step at a time, right? Exactly. And, you know, like I said, first principles first, deep breathing, adequate hydration every day and exercise on a daily basis that you love and will continue to do. Those things will make the other parts easier. If you don't do those things, the other parts will never get you where you want to go. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Wade. I appreciate you coming on and um, yeah, I'll talk to you down the road. My pleasure. Hey, Get Lean, Eat Clean Nation. Are you a man between the ages of 40 and 60 years old looking to lose inches around your waist, have significantly more energy throughout the day and gain muscle all while minimizing the risk of injuries? Well, I'm looking for three to five people to work one-on-one -on -one with in my Fat Burner Blueprint Signature Program, which I've developed by utilizing my 15 years experience in the health and fitness space. This program is designed specifically for those committed to making serious progress towards their health goals over the next six months. We will focus on sleep, stress, nutrition, meal timing, and building lean muscle. If this sounds like a fit for you, email me at brian at briangrin.com with the subject line blueprint. That's brian at briangrin.com with the subject line blueprint. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.